Hey, this is Pastor Mark, and before we get into our message, I want to take a moment and let you know about a special season happening at Anchor Faith Church right now. It's our stretch season. This is our opportunity to look back on the year God has blessed us with, but also a time of anticipation for what is yet to come. We believe what God has called us to requires us to stretch our faith in ways we've never seen before. In fact, on December 8th, our church will be stretching our faith together in the area of finance by giving a one-time gift above and beyond our regular giving. These resources go directly to continuing to do what God has called us to do by igniting the city, impacting the nation, and influencing the world. I'm inviting you to participate with us by giving financially and stretching your faith. You can give online by visiting anchorfaithaboutosta.com. Your gifts are greatly appreciated, and we believe your faith will be increased as you act in obedience. Thank you for partnering with this move of God, and we agree with you that your best is yet to come. because we are in the middle of our stretch season this morning. So we're gonna, I'm gonna give you a quick recap, but we are in a season that God has called us to about four years ago. And it's not a season of finance because a lot of people went, oh man, they're talking about finance again, I gotta go. This isn't about finance. We do the stretch offering because it's about an opportunity for us to grow our faith to reach beyond our capabilities, our capacities. And so one of the things Pastor Mark got whenever the Lord was talking to him, he said, when we increase our stretch, then we can go through and we will reach even further than where we ever have before. And so just like if you've ever been to the gym before, they always say you have to start off by stretching, get those muscles loosened up. If you don't stretch, you won't ever experience growth. So a lot of people, they want to just get into the gym, get it all knocked out and go, well, it's just going to cause damage. You weren't, you weren't ready to receive that pressure. And so we're in this stretch season and we're going to do a quick recap because the first week we looked at, the first thing that we always go to in our mental capacity is our limitations. That's the first thing that when God says, hey, I need you to step out of your comfort zone, we always go, I can't do that. And we see this all the time in scripture there was a man named Moses. And God said, Moses, you're gonna go deliver my people. And he said, I can't talk. I, I, I have a stuttering problem. I can't do this. And then we see another man named Gideon. All of a sudden, an angel appears to Gideon. And he shows up and he says, you mighty man of valor. He was hiding in a pit. And he said, I'm the least of the least of all of Israel. He goes, who, who do you think you're talking to? And so the first thing we always recognize is our limitation. We don't look at the possibility of what it could be. We look at, where we're at and where our limitations lie. And then in that first week he talked about, he said, your deficiency was never meant to become your identity. And see, so many times people can't look at where you could be because you're stuck in where you're at right now. And I'll tell you this, that's not where God desires you to be. God's desire was never to just leave you where you're at. His desire is to take you from glory to glory, faith to faith, to see you continue to grow in every area of your life. And so we looked in the second week, and, it's, and he, Pastor Mark ministered on and he said, my idea of what God can do is limited by my identity of who he is. And so we have to get this correct perspective on who is the God that I serve. If you serve a God that wants you poor and defeated, then guess what? You're limited by what you think God can do for you. 
If you think you serve a God that is not about healing and that healing's not for today, then you're gonna struggle with sickness and disease because you don't believe God can heal you. But I'll tell you this, I know in my Bible, it talks about how God is the healer and that God is already taking care of it. He said that by his stripes, we were healed. Past tense, already taken care of because of the cross. And then we went into week number three. And when he said, when God is your source, anything can become resource. That when God is my source, then whatever I have, now he can use for his glory. And whatever is around me, he can use to help me complete my assignment. And then this last week, Pastor Mark ministered a powerful message talking about when we lack or when we look at our lack or our limitations, it will hinder us from gaining our desires. And we had to first recognize what is the desire. And we looked at the man laying by the pool of Bethesda that he was wanting to be healed, but he saw that, well, it's only if I can get in the pool at this certain time. So Jesus showed up to him, a lame man, always there. Jesus shows up to him and says, what do you want? Sounds like a pretty ignorant question to ask. I mean, he's lame, he wants healing, but Jesus wanted him to understand what is your desire? said, well, I want to be healed, but nobody's here to put me in the water. And well, obviously we see that Jesus told him, get up your, pick up your mat and go. And he was healed that day. But we're looking at all of these different weeks because we are in the stretch season. And so we are looking about how can I further my reach? And so it takes us to retrain our mind, retrain according to what God says, because I'll tell you, we live in a, I mean, a society now where people have limitations that they already put. And I'll tell you this, we call them comfort zones. And I'll tell you right now, you will never accomplish anything great for God's kingdom inside of your comfort zone. And I know it's a hard pill to swallow, but it's the truth. For me, this right here with this microphone is out of my comfort zone. I did not want to do this whenever I was younger. And even whenever, I'll give you a quick little recap of who I am. So I was born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you guys don't mind, you guys good? You want to hear a little backstory? All right. I see a lot of new faces. So I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, had phenomenal parents. My dad was always an associate pastor, grew up in the church, grew up in the word, and always saw my dad and my brother minister. My brother was on the worship team. My parents sang on the worship team. I didn't want to do that. I said, nope, I stay behind the scenes. I'm, I'm the background guy. I just, I'll work, nobody has to see me, no big deal. Well, then as I started growing up, whenever I got out of elementary school and got into middle school, I started serving with children. And so I started serving in capacities of just normal, normal capacities, checking in kids, helping with puppets, doing all these things. And then I started getting this really strong desire within me. I said, Lord, if you want me to teach kids the rest of my life, I'll do it. I said, that's, that is my heart to see kids impacted for the kingdom of God. So that way, when they grow up, I'm helping lay that foundation of the truth. And so that stayed with me all the way through high school, kept serving in the elementary school, started leading our fourth and fifth grade class in Oklahoma, started leading worship for those kids. Said, I can lead worship for kids. That's no problem because they're going to sing louder than me anyway. No big deal. I said, I can do that. That's not outside of my comfort zone. So then I get into youth, and all of a sudden they said, we need somebody to sing on our worship team. I don't sing. They said, well, your whole family sings, so how do you not sing? And I said, I don't sing. 
I can sing, I don't sing. And they said, no, we need you. That was the first time I had to step out of a comfort zone. And it ended up lasting for a season. That season ended. Thank God I can go back in my comfort zone. I can do what I want now. Continue serving in children's. We moved when I graduated from high school, moved to St. Augustine, Florida, to help Pastor Earl and Marcy with the church in St. Augustine. Excuse me. And that's where I met Pastor Mark. And so 10 years ago, this last May, I started serving underneath Pastor Mark. And so the Lord had already put it on my heart. He said, the next man you go to, just tell him you're there to serve him. So I called him before I even moved to Florida. I said, hey, I know you don't know me, but I'm Caleb Clay. I'm moving down with Randy and Melanie Clay. We're Josh Clay's brother. I'm Josh Clay's brother. Um, I'm coming. I want to serve alongside you. I want to learn from you. I want to grow. Well, little did I know how much of a connection that would be. And so we fast forward from 2009 to 2013, and then me and my wife and our two children at the time move up to help with, Saint, or with Valdosta Anchor Faith, serving alongside Pastor Mark and Ashley Moore. Well, that was already a big step out of my comfort zone, I'm leaving my family, leaving my, not only my parents, but my grandparents, my brother, my nieces and my nephews, leaving everybody behind to go to a new place. And so we get to Valdosta, we start serving. And one of the things that we were lacking at the time in our early stages of the church was a worship team. And so we did just what everybody else would do. You put a CD in the CD player and you play it over the sound system. And we did that. And man, we were faithful with that, weren't we? There was nobody on stage, but man, we worshiped. So then all of a sudden we started getting some musicians in and Pastor Mark says, hey, I need to pull that gift out. Uh, I said, which one? (laughs) He said, I need you to lead worship for us and sing. I said, Pastor Mark, you realize that's been like six years since I've had to do that. And he goes, yep, what better way to get it started? So I'm thinking, I'm just going to help start it. We get three and a half years in and I'm still leading worship. Thankfully, thank the Lord. Pastor Mark said, hey, if you don't want to do this anymore, you better pray in somebody. (laughs) Robert Carden Jr. showed up one day, and all of a sudden I said, hey, Pastor Mark, you think he he could be it? He goes, "Uh, I think so. We just got to give it time. And I'm like, oh, man, come on. But obviously you see the gift that was drawn out. And you see what happens up here in a powerful time of worship because we were faithful in those seasons. And so obviously we serve now as the family pastors. So we cover ages from infants all the way up to our young adults. And we have some phenomenal directors that are watching over those kids and some phenomenal teachers. I mean, we got some of the best teachers for these kids. I mean, I will be be honest with you. They're not babysitters. They're back there just imparting the word every week to those kids because they realize the investment that they're not here just to be babysitted. Yes, we give them snacks and gummies, but they're getting the word of God the same way you guys are. And so that's kind of our little backstory, why we are here, what we're doing. And it took us getting out of those comfort zones. And so this morning, we're going to be continuing on with our stretch series. And I'm so honored that Pastor Mark called me and he said, hey, I need you to fill in for me. I said, okay. 
is there anything I, like specific I need to minister? And he goes, well, you're going to continue on with our series. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he goes, but hey, just be led. And so we had breakfast a few weeks ago. And I told him, I said, hey, I, I kind of feel like this is where the Lord's leading me. He said, man, you don't understand how well that's going to flow with where I feel like God's wanting to take us. And so we're going to look at some things this morning. But obviously, the purpose of stretching, why we do this season. So Pastor Mark, obviously, I said he put, God put this on his heart about four years ago in a season of us really needing to expand and to grow. And where we were at, we were pretty comfortable. We had a good attendance coming in. We had our facility fully taken care of. I mean, we had maxed out our old location where there was nothing else to be done. There was no more projects taking place, and it was comfortable. It was a season of rest for us. But then comes a season of stretching. And when God laid it on our hearts to stretch, we were like, man, what does that even mean? And we started diving in. And for me to look back four years ago to where we are at now, a lot of you guys came in with this new location. If you would have told us back four years ago that we would go from 4,000 square feet little storefront that's already taken care of, turnkey, ready to go, to say you're going to take over a 15,000 square foot warehouse that you're going to have to remodel from top to bottom. I would have said, there ain't no way. There is no way we can handle this. That's too big. But you see, God already knew the plan. See, you know, God is the alpha and the omega. It says he's the beginning and the end, but he also knows the beginning from the end. So God already knew what he needed us to do. So he started putting things into motion so that way we would be prepared to handle it. So all of a sudden we started stretching. We looked at a piece of property whenever we first saw it and we were like, man, this thing's huge. It's a great property. We could build from scratch. That's not the plan. So then we move on. We go look at other things. We're looking at other warehouses. We're looking at country cobbler. We're looking at all these different things, trying to figure out, Lord, where do you have us to go? And then when Pastor Mark got it from the Lord that this would be the location, we all come over and look. And I mean, I don't know if you had the pleasure of coming to see this back in its heyday with all the bounce houses and everything else. There was 104 black lights in this auditorium right now. And there was glow-in-the-dark carpet. There were stickers on every wall in this whole place. Stickers, not just like wallpaper. I mean real stickers where you peel it and it rips the sheetrock off. And so when we got into this, Pastor Mark looked over and he goes, you ready? I said, oh, yeah, let's do this. Let's go. Because guess what? We had been preparing ourselves because we knew that where there is growth, there needs to be some stretching to, to handle it. And so we, got, we dive into this project. But one of the things that the stretch season is all about is, number one, it's not a fundraiser. I want you guys to all know that. Because we're talking about finance. We're talking about giving above and beyond our normal giving as a one-time sacrificial offering to God. But this is not a fundraiser. And I will tell you this. You don't have to participate because it's not for us to gain more finance. This is an opportunity for you to grow your faith. And one of the best ways that we can naturally exercise our faith is through finance. You can't go to God and say, God, I'm believing for a million dollars. And when he says, go give that homeless man two bucks, you say, well, if I do that, then I'm not going to have two dollars in my pocket. I'll guarantee you right now, you're going to have a hard time believing God for that million dollars. Because whenever you can get to a point where you say, Lord, you're my source, you are my supply, I'll give it away. We got testimonies in here from the past 
four years of stretch offering that Pastor Mark wants to get an opportunity where he can have some people share in the coming weeks. But we have some testimonies that I've already heard that they gave a sacrificial offering. Lord, I need this, but I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to trust you. And you would be amazed at how God moved on their behalf and how when they're looking at it saying, I don't even know how I'm going to pay my bills now. All of a sudden, God shows up supernaturally and says, here's above and beyond what you even thought you would gain. Going from $100 in the offering to getting a $400 gift card just like that. Because you see, God's interested in your faith and in your obedience, not the amount of finances required. And so we're going to look this morning and let's go over because the first thing we want to see is Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. It says, wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will also be. And so we understand that there's a connection between your heart and your treasure. And Pastor Mark's ministered on this quite a few times where what you value, you're going to prioritize. I can easily look around and you can go through and you can look at people and find out what's something they value. I mean, you got a lot of times where there's some guys that they value their vehicle. You can go look at their vehicle and it is pristine and clean and detailed every single week. Because why? They value it. They take care of it. Well, the same thing goes with us is wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so what you can easily look within yourself and say, Lord, what am I prioritizing? What am I looking at? Obviously, you guys are here on a Sunday morning. So guess what? You prioritize church over sleep this morning. You did because you got up, you got your families ready. Y'all look beautiful. Just got to throw that out there. Y'all look great. Some of you guys even drove quite a long time to get here because why? You prioritized it. It's, it's worth it to you. And then we go on and we see over in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. Because you see, God doesn't just automatically give you a finished package. We know that God started this whole thing off in seed form. So we want the big finished product. But God will look at us and say, you plant the seed and you'll grow the tree. But here's the problem. We live in this microwave society where we want things now. I mean, I love going to some restaurants and they have a drive-through window. But on the drive-through window, it'll have it specified. This is a convenience window. It is not a fast food window. So you might have to sit there and wait for a little bit to get your food. So a lot of times people roll up and what is taking so long? Man, if you went to the store and bought your food, went home and cooked it, and then put it on a plate and then ate it, you'd still be waiting. But we want everything now. So you see, God designed this whole thing back in Genesis. He tells us, he said, Now while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. It has always been his plan from the very beginning that you will start with the seed to gain the tree, the crop, Whatever it may be, are you going to be faithful with that little seed, though? And see, faith, he even talks about how faith is like a mustard seed. And if you've ever seen a mustard seed, it's tiny. It's one of the tiniest ones, but it can grow to be an almost 20-foot tall tree, but it takes time. 
And you see, so many times we want to just automatically just say, well, Lord, here's my blessing. I want it. I want it now. Here's what I'm giving you. You give me something. But what if God gave you a seed? And so we're going to go over and look at 2 Corinthians 9, 6, because I love how it talks about this. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and it says, you guys got it? Okay, yeah. It says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your what? Heart. You must decide in your heart how much to give. And don't get, what is that? Give what? Reluctantly. And he says here, he says, or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God, and that's where we normally stop. We normally stop right at that verse. Well, God loves a cheerful giver. But we're going to read on. Because it says here, it says, and God will generously provide all you, what? Need. So you see, he's setting this up. Just like a farmer plants his field. I remember one year when we first moved up here, me and Crystal decided to plant our little garden. Well, I was lazy. We're going to learn about laziness here too. But I was like, I don't want to go and till the ground and get the whole garden all set up. So I went out to Home Depot and I bought me five gallon pots. I said, I'm going to give me five gallon buckets, drill some holes in them, put some dirt in there. I'm going to have a movable garden. Worked great to one problem. So all of a sudden, my little crop stopped growing because it didn't have enough soil. It didn't have enough resource to draw from. So we're getting these little strawberries, man. I mean, they were cute. They were tiny, but they weren't, they were nothing. Because why? I, was, I wasn't generous with what I was sowing. And then all of a sudden, that garden could only grow to a certain amount, and then that's all we could harvest. And if I would have actually went, spent the time, spent the effort, the energy, I could have had a great little garden. But instead, I decided to go cheap. But you see, this is what he's talking about here. He says, just like a farmer goes and plants, it's up to him. But it says here, it says that don't give reluctantly or response to pressure. But he says, you decide in your heart how much to give. And then he says here, he says, then God will generously provide all that you need. And then you will always have everything that you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor and their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed to the farmer and then bread to the eat. It says in the same way, he will provide and increase your, what is that? Resources. We're talking about resources here. And then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. It's a big factor is that he's doing all of this to get generosity in you. And so then he moves on and he says here that, where are we at? Hold on. Here we go. All right. So then he says, well, we'll back up because I love what that said. He said, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take our, your gift to those who need them, they will thank God. So you see, there's a lot happening in this verse here, but 
everything that that person does. Not only is God doing a work within them, but also it is going to point other people to God. He said, we'll take that gift that you give and we'll take it and they said they will give thanks to God, not us. Because you got to understand that this is not about you and I. We are here to give glory to God in everything that we do. And that in our stretching, it's not for us. It's for what God's going to do through us. And that's where we have to understand that this is not just for me. I mean, if it was just for me, then I'll be honest with you. We probably wouldn't be in this location right now. If we decided that, you know what? We're good with our little group. Why do we need to go bigger? Going bigger, I mean, there's a bigger light bill. There's a bigger uh, facility cost. We got to have more staff. But we understood that it's not about me. The Lord, I'm just a vessel used by you, but I'm here so that way you can get glorified. And when we look around here, we teach every person that comes through and with Vision Partnership, it's not about the numbers. It's about every life that sits in that chair that needs to hear about the kingdom of God. That it doesn't matter if all of a sudden we tap out at a certain number, it's are we reaching the ones that God wanted us to reach? And that's huge because we want to do what God's called us to do. We don't want to try to be somebody else. And so we're here today because we listen to the voice of God and we stretch beyond our capacities. But we're not done yet. I'll tell you right now, Valdosta is just getting primed. I mean, we're seeing such an awakening coming around and it's not even Valdosta. We were just talking about this the other day that it's surrounding counties. How many do we have? You said, I think it was nine, right? You saw, you heard by the spirit. There's nine surrounding counties that will flood into this place. Nine. Here's the thing. Are we ready and able to handle that? As of right now, we got to stretch. We got to get prepared. I'll tell you this, from a family pastor's side, man, I go back in those children's classrooms and they are getting packed. I mean, you guys are bringing your kids, you're putting them in class, they're hearing the word of God, but it's getting tight. It's getting real tight. And we get some of those teachers that get in there and they're like, we got a full house today. Yes, we do. I mean, we had over 30 some elementary kids just the other day and it felt tight and that's a big room. But here's the thing, we're already looking. All right, what's the plan? What, let's, let's figure out. We got this space. We can build one more classroom right here. All right, what do we need to look at? Do we need to look at expanding out and maybe going two services? What do we need to do? Because why? We're preparing for growth. We're preparing our hearts to stretch. And so we're going to get into the potential of growth tonight or today, daytime. I, th- I hear rain too. It's right on time. But we're talking about the potential of growth. And you guys know that every person here has untapped potential within them, correct? All right, everybody say with me. Say, I have untapped potential. Because guess what? It doesn't matter how old you are. There's still something that God has placed in seed form inside of you that is waiting to grow. But it has to be tapped. I mean, like I said, I was originally from Oklahoma. And so we have these things called pump jacks. Has anybody ever heard of a pump jack? Okay, very few. So it's an oil field tool. And what it is, is it a pump that literally goes, and it has this huge weight on the end. And what it's designed is when the oil reservoir that they've tapped into to bring the oil up has no more back pressure, 
This pump is designed to run constantly and it just slowly brings up oil all the time. And it just runs night and day and it brings up the rest of that oil reservoir. Well, that pump jack brings out that untapped potential that's still in the earth and brings it to the surface. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort. But here's the thing is inside of us, we have that untapped potential down within us that is waiting to be drawn out. I mean, creation itself is waiting for you to have that potential drawn out because it needs what you have. Because you understand in the very beginning of all of creation, God created the heavens and the earth. He created all the trees. He created all the animals. Then he said, I need a man to be on this earth, to rule earth just like I rule heaven. And so he put man in the garden and gave him a wife as a helpmeet. And he said, you now have the potential to rule earth just like I rule heaven. You have to tap into it. So he tells Adam, he says, you need to name all the animals. He does it, names them all. He says, all right, now you're going to rule the earth. You're going to be fruitful. You're going to be multiplied. You're going to guard it, protect it, just like I do heaven. And so obviously we know that Adam did that for the first two chapters of Genesis. Chapter three, we see the fall of man and that their potential then gets squelched. It gets limited and they leave the garden. But here's the thing. Every person that is on this earth today, God designed. Amen. He designed you with a purpose and a destiny for his will, for his kingdom. So we now have to find out, okay, what is it that I was placed on this earth to do? But the only way you will ever find out what that purpose was, was to find out who you are in him. You have to get in this word. You have to find out what is my identity. Because a lot of times, just like we talked about in our recap, a lot of times people will build their identity on their deficiency. Well, I can never get up and talk in front of people because I'm just not a people person. Great, awesome. Why are you gonna allow that to limit you? Because you might have a testimony that God needs somebody else to hear, but when you say, I'm, I'm out, you're limiting your potential. So we're gonna go look at a parable in the Bible where there was three men that had great potential. And so we're gonna go over to Matthew chapter 25, and we're gonna look at the parable of the talents. And as I've been studying this the last few weeks, the Lord's really drawn out some things and I really believe it's gonna be eye-opening and hopefully life-changing. But before we do that, let me do this. I'm gonna pray over the word because we didn't get a chance to do that beforehand, but everybody bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time that, Father, I pray over every person under the sound of my voice, not only in this sermon, uh, in this service here, but Father, listening online, I thank you, Lord, that their hearts are ready to receive your word, that it is good ground. And I thank you, Father, that this word will be able to minister life to those who need to hear it and be able to set a foundation of your truth, Father. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's get into this. Matthew chapter 25, starting verse number 14. It says, for he was just like a man about to go on a journey who called his slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another he gave one, each according to their own ability. And he went on his journey immediately. Everybody say immediately. The one who had received the five talents went and traded them 
and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had dug a hole in the ground and servants that are serving a master. The first one got five talents. Second one gained two talents and the third one got one talent. But it says that it was all according to their own ability. So the first thing that the Lord showed me is we have a problem in our society that we're all growing. We're all at different stages of life. I mean, there's some have one for maybe a couple weeks, but here's the problem is we look at what other people have and think ours isn't enough. So the first thing that I saw is that the one with the five, he wasn't interested in how much the other ones got. The one with the two wasn't interested. The one with the one felt like it wasn't enough. So the one with the five, it says on here, it says he immediately went out. He said, I've got work to do. I got to go. Started trading, gained five more. The one with the two, it says in like manner. So that means he immediately went out and started trading, building up that resource, getting more for his master. But the one with the one, it says he went off and he dug a hole and he buried it. So then we go on and we see that obviously we have two of them that are in the same mindset. Two of them understand what the master desires. One of them, we're going to find out what's wrong with him here in just a second. It says, now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents. And he said, master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You are faithful with a few things. Now I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then we go on in verse 22 and it says, Also the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you had entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. See, a lot of times we read the scripture and we say, well, you've been faithful with few things, you'll be faithful with much. That's not what the master said. He said, you were faithful with the few things. Now I will, and some translations even say, now I will make you ruler over much. Because they expanded their reach. They said, I've been entrusted. And I love how every one of them so far has gone to the master and they've identified it was your resource that you gave me. You entrusted me with it. Now I have multiplied it and I'm giving it back. We'll get, we'll get to there in a second. But he goes on and he says that you are faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Enter into the joy of your master. Then verse 24. Then the one also who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid. And I went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. So we have the first two that identified. 
My master trusts me with his resource. He's a good master. He takes care of me. He takes care of my needs. So I want to give back to him because he's already given to me. So we got double of what they brought. So now we have the man with the one. This guy, you got to feel for him because he doesn't understand his master. And a lot of times we find ourselves in the same predicament where we say God's good, but then all of a sudden we look at our bills and we say, can he take care of this? Or we say, man, God is so faithful in this area, but whenever the doctor says, hey, you have this sickness, we say, well, what drugs can you give me? Because I don't have faith for healing. And so we have to identify and know who our source is and who my God that I serve is. And he clearly gives that in scripture that he is a good God. He wants the best things for us. So this man with the one is showing us what it looks like when we don't have a clear identity of who he is. So all of a sudden he's now looking at instead of his resource that was given to him, he's now looking at his limitations and he starts off. He doesn't say, master, you entrusted one talent to me. And now look, I have gone out, I have traded, I have gained two for you. Because guess what? He had the same potential the first two did. He could have done that. That could have been his conversation, but he didn't. And he said, master, I knew you to be a hard man. And so all of a sudden his identity of who he serves is completely altering his application of what he's been given. So he goes on. And he says, reaping where you do not sow, gathering where you scatter no seed. And then verse 25 is a clear identifier of what happened. Verse 25 says, and I was afraid. Well, you see, that statement right there was repeated once before. When Adam fell from dominion, all of a sudden, God's walking around in the cool of the day and he says, Adam, where are you? He said, I hid myself because we were afraid. And it separated that connection between God the Father and his first son. This master and servant is a clear identifier that their identification of each other were not a master and a, and a servant or a loving master and a loving servant, but they were separated by, I knew you to be a hard man. I knew that you, you demanded stuff from us that I didn't feel like I could give you. And so we see that fear is not only a hindrance to our faith, but it'll actually kill your potential. Because so many times they say in a study that public speaking is one of the number one fears of a lot of people. Why? Because... It's, are you afraid that you're going to embarrass yourself? Are you afraid somebody's going to critique you? Are you afraid that it's, you're just not going to be able to talk? I mean, there, it's, a real, it's a real deal. There's people that faint whenever they get up to speak in front of people. But in this moment, he said, I was afraid. And so because of the fear of him not supplying enough, not doing what the others did, one, he was in comparison mode. He didn't feel like he could live up to the other two. He didn't feel like his offering or his gift 
would be enough for the master. So he goes and he says, I, I went, I dug a hole, and I buried it. But hey, guess what? Here's what is yours. I, I'm giving it back to you just the same way you gave it to me. So then the master goes on. He says, but his master answered and said to him, you wicked, lazy slave. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have put it in my money in the bank. And on my arrival, I could have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has the 10 talents. For so long, I've always heard a lot of people arguing, well, that's not fair. I mean, why are they taking away the one with the 10? The reason he took away the one to give to the 10 is because the 10 has already shown he can be faithful with what he's been given. But you see, we're gonna put this back into our perspective. God has already given us resource. He's already given us our money. It doesn't matter if it's coming from the government, if it's coming from the job that you're working in or retirement, whatever it is, guess what? God is the one that supplied those needs. So number one, it's his resource. He's the supply. So we are now these stewards over that resource. It's not ours, but it's his. That's why whenever he talks about giving the tithe, it is the first 10% of your increase. But then the offering is anything that you feel in your heart to give above that. But you see, I hear so many times say, well, I'm gonna give 8% as my tithe. First of all, in my scriptures here, it doesn't say I get to dictate how much. It says that it's already his. So why would I want to hold on? Because when I do that, I'm like the one with the one. Well, master, I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna hold on to it and then I'll give it back to you whenever you finally ask for it. No, we should be the ones that say, Lord, I wanna give above and beyond. I want to give more so that way I can gain more. Because see, that's what happened with this one with the 10 is he started with five and then God saw the faithfulness that it can flow through him because God never designed us to be just like a lake. We, I grew up in a place called Sand Springs, Oklahoma, and we had a place called Keystone Lake. And they had a man-made dam to stop up the lake and they could flow down the Arkansas River. Well, a lot of times that stayed closed because they were trying to conserve as much water as they possibly could. Well, you see, that's what happens to us in our time of lack is we start looking at the deficit or what we're still needing. And we say, it's time to hold on. I can't, I can't give that. And in the saddest thing that I've seen is I was listening to some pastors and they said, one of the first things that people start doing in a time of lack or a time of trial is they stop giving. They stop that flow. And I'll show you in Malachi chapter 10, we hear this scripture all the time for just giving scriptures. But it says here, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And he says here, he says, test me in this. And so I did some studying back. Did you know that is the only time God has ever told somebody to test him in an area? He said, test me with your finance. He said, test me in this. He says, says the Lord of hosts, and if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows so that I will, and here's the kicker. It says, so that I will, this is God, rebuke the devourer for you 
so that it will not destroy the fruits of your ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you what? They're identifying because something's different about you. He said, test me in this. Test me with your resources and watch and see me do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think or imagine. And you see, this is the God that we serve. And so many times when we go into church, I've been there before. I've had those conversations with people where they go, well, all they care about is money. We don't want your money. We don't. God will be our source from right now until eternity. But here's the thing. We want to give an opportunity to see you grow beyond where you are right now. And so that's why we do this whole thing. Those three men that were the slaves to the master, two of them recognized that I serve a good God. I serve, because this is a parable. So the parable means it has two meanings. Not only is it a story for those that just listen to it, but there's a spiritual side that goes with it. We want to be the first two. It doesn't matter how much we've been given. He has entrusted you with it. He didn't go to all of his slaves and say, here, everyone gets money. Here you go. He said, no, he called three of them. So in just going back, I did a little research, just how much a talent is. Talent is about 6,000 demerits. And so uh, when you look at it, they said the average wage for that year was about 300. So one talent was about 6,000. We're not talking about little chump change. We're talking about a lot of money. So even the one who got one still had a big responsibility given to him. But you see, instead of him saying, man, I, gotta, I have a great opportunity to see this thing grow. He said, I don't want to lose it, so I'm going to hide it. But you see, the same thing goes with us all the time is you have a great opportunity to grow. I'll tell you right now, we got the best pastors in all of the South region. I will tell you that. They are called by God. They are anointed and they are shepherds. They care about each and every person in here. And they want to see you reach way beyond your potential. And I'll tell you this, it takes some stretching. It takes some pulling out, some just drawing up. And a lot of times people don't want that responsibility because number one, they're afraid. What if I don't live up to that expectation? What if I don't do what I should be able to do. Then all of a sudden they think, well, I don't have the resource. I wasn't raised that way. I wasn't around those type of people. And they start showing their limitations of why they can't do something for God. But you see, the stretch is not about just finance. It's about growing your spiritual life. Paul was even talking to them. He said, man, I showed up. You all should be mature believers by now, but you're still desiring the milk like babies. We won't be that church. We're not going to be the one whenever God shows back up. He says, man, you guys had the potential for way more, but you never grew. We want to be the ones that constantly are growing. It might be challenging. You might go through some seasons. I mean, we've gone through some tests and trials. where, dear Lord, let's get through this so that way we can get to the other side. And I, I remember my parents always telling me, if you go through a test in one season, you better pass it or you'll have to redo it. Man, that has been some chilling words that have always stuck with me. Because guess what? I want to learn what I need to learn. 
I want to grow in the areas I need to grow. I need to prune off whatever I need to prune off because I don't want to go back through that season. But it takes us being mature, getting in the word, following God. And the reason I brought up that second Corinthians scripture is because it says they desire what, or they will do whatever's in their heart. You choose it. So Pastor Mark's been talking for this last four weeks. And this next Sunday will be our stretch giving offering. And so next Sunday is stretch Sunday. But here's the thing is you have an opportunity to get with God, get with the Holy Spirit and say, God, what is it that you would have me to do? I'll tell you this. It's not about a number. Don't look at it and say, well, all I, all I feel like I can do is $10. If $10 is a stretch, if $1 is a stretch for you, guess what? It's a stretch, stretch, do it. Don't look at the actual number of it. And dear Lord, don't compare your right now with somebody's, I mean, 10 years experience because that will hinder your growth. I remember growing up, obviously my brother is four years older than I am. And I watched him do so much stuff in ministry. I even had a youth pastor have to come over to me and say, you are not your dad or your brother. So stop trying to be like them. He said, you are Caleb. Do what God's called you to do. And that was, that was hard for me to receive because I had this expectation that I needed to live up to this level. Well, I was failing at it. I couldn't get there. Because why? I was comparing myself to all those around me. Well, I don't like to speak in front of people. When I did my first oral assessment in Kingdom Institute, which was our Bible school, I shook like a leaf. And I got so out of breath because I forgot to breathe, that my voice went, hey, this is what I gotta do. <gasps> Why? Because I wasn't there yet. And then I watched one of my friends get up there just like he's a natural. So here's what the Bible says, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting over there just beating myself up about it because I was comparing myself to what somebody else was bringing to the table. But God looked at me and he said, don't worry about them. I know where you're at. And that's the greatest thing that you could ever recognize within yourself is, number one, God knows where you're at, but he knows where he wants you to go. And so you gotta get with him and you gotta say, Lord, what is my stretch? How much is it gonna be to be able to stretch my capacity so that way I can handle more? Because if you didn't know, today is December the 1st. We're in our last month of 2019. I know I heard all those, yeah, I don't know where the year went. I mean, I'm still looking back going, I thought we were in June and I don't know what happened. But here's the thing. One of the greatest things that I've realized is we're coming up to a brand new year. We got a brand new year starting. But here's the greatest thing you can ever get in your mind. For God, his timing doesn't change. He doesn't go into a new calendar. He's still on the same schedule. He still knows where you're at. I mean, we, I was talking to my dad and he was talking about people and their New Year's resolution. I said, man, we're, we're getting to the end of this thing. Instead of waiting to do it all over again in January, let's start knocking off some of those things at the end of the year. Let's start preparing now. Why wait till January to start implementing something that we could do tomorrow? And guess what? When January comes around and everybody else is trying to start their new thing, you'll already have a 30-day period where you're adapted to it. Because why? It's all about stretching. That's all it is. 
is all about stretching in every single area. And so when we stretch, we're getting ready to handle more. We're preparing ourselves to handle more of what God wants us to do, but it's not for us. It's for all those that are going to be impacted by us. And so I hope you were encouraged by that this morning, but we do have uh, the ushers right now. If you will stand up, um, we have these stretch cards. And so on these cards, we make it an opportunity that, you know what, next you might say, it is a stretch for me to just give one-time offering. You can do it monthly. We, you can break it down. You can put it on here. But here's the thing about these cards. Yes, it has the financial side. You don't want to participate? Great. Don't do it. No big deal. Not going to hurt our hearts. But if you want an opportunity to grow, then you can grow. But they're going to pass these out to every person here. But here's the thing. On the other side of this, it says reach. It says on here, it says, I will commit to invite the following individuals to church within this next year. We're starting early. We're going to get a jump on 2020. You hear me? 2020. Because we know that there's people that still need to know about Christ. I mean, there's been so many testimonies where we've been back with the kids and we've had parents come over to us and talk about, I mean, I've met some children before that are eight, nine years old that have never been to church before. But that's the day we live in. So you have an opportunity here that let the Lord lay some people on your heart. I mean, we all have those coworkers that we know, man, they need Jesus. But let the Lord lay their names on your heart and then commit to pray for them, to commit to communicate with them. One of the greatest testimonies I've ever received was we just had some people up for a Thanksgiving dinner that we had. And some family members that don't go to church, they're not involved, they really don't have a tight relationship with God. And they hung out with us all weekend. And in that time of hanging out and just fellowshipping, never once did I bring up scripture. Never once did I talk about my role at the church. Never once did we even talk about God really besides praying over the food. We just hung out with them, we were just real. And when he left, he told my sister-in-law, he said, man, just being around Caleb just made me realize how much I really need God and that we need to get some stuff right. We need to get the kids into church. We need to get all this. It blew me away. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, thank you. I said, because I didn't even say anything. I said, but it's your presence that surrounds us that will draw men to you. And so we want to stretch because you don't understand who's gonna be around you that says, I need what they have. Whatever it is, men, men in this room, somebody's watching you and they want what you have. Just know that. There's other men out there that their life stinks. They're going through some stuff. They're having troubles, real trials. But maybe you are the one that gets to live the word in front of them. That when everybody else is stressed out and everything's all going wrong, the moment you walk in the room, the king just walked in. Peace just filled that place. So we want to stretch so that way we can reach beyond our capabilities right now. We want to stretch way beyond that because you never know who's lying right on the other side of that boundary we had placed. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. 
If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.